Thursday night, it is That Betting Show. Alex Gold with you, Julio Sanchez, producing the show. On for the next hour before we hand things off to the K-State Sports Network for the Jerome Tang Coaches Show. It is title game week, AFC title game, NFC title game this weekend. Hope everybody had a good betting weekend for divisional round football. And obviously, we are going to talk plenty about this Chiefs and Bengals game from a betting angle coming up in about 30 minutes. I'll also have a guest uh, joining me to get us a, a national perspective from what he's seeing on a betting in for both the Chiefs game and also how about that 49ers in Philadelphia game that's going to take place before the Chiefs take the field. We already know the potential opponent for the Super Bowl for Kansas City prior to kickoff. But coming up at 7.30, Nick Galeta, NFL analyst for scoresandodds.com, as well as Roto Grinders, the commish. He's going to join me coming up in 30 minutes or so. You can hit us up, as always, on the text line, 913-586-7610. Also on Twitter, at 610SportsKC, at Alex Gold. Alex, where's your hard hat? Where's your your lunchbox? Danon had... You're uh, unprepared, sir. I know. Danon had the hard hat from players only. Uh, they were ready to go. We're ready to go. We had Danon on our, our midday show today. He was fired. We got people fired up. They were excited, especially at the end of the interview, because I asked him, you know, as a former player, what are you thinking when you see all the noise that's coming out of Cincinnati? Punch him in the mouth, man. Now, that was before Now that was before Willie Gay said Love anything in the, in the locker room. He didn't though. really say anything. I, I think it's getting overblown as well. Um, looking for something. Though, I think it's know. getting overblown as well, but players in Cincinnati already responded to it. You know what I mean? Like that was, it didn't, it didn't take long, by the way, for those of you wanting real quick, this is what, uh, what Willie Gay said when he was asked, like, what impresses you about Cincinnati's offense? Nothing. Nothing. He literally said <laughs> nothing. Nothing. He literally said nothing. And if you listen to the full context <laughs> of it, I actually don't think he really said anything wrong, but we know how this works, especially when we're talking about a game that has everybody's eyes on it, like Cincinnati and Kansas city. And so then you had Jamar Chase, uh, you know, kind of like, like who the, the line? Oh, the linebacker. Yeah, we got we got him or whatever. Something along the lines of what he said. So this is fun. This is a fun week, right? Like, I like it. Th- I you, like you do it. have to love it. Now, personally, I think there, you know, th- there's probably some fans that based off of the last time the Chiefs talked heading into the Cincinnati game, maybe would prefer them to just take the, the, the quiet approach, you know, in terms of with the media and worry about everything else. But. I don't think Willie Gay did say anything that wrong, but I would imagine uh, they probably still would rather have him not have even said nothing. As weird as we're at, but look, it, uh, none of that stuff matters he did on say Sunday. Nothing, though, you know? like, none of that matters on Sunday night. <laughs> really, deep down, like none of that, no. none of that. That comment's not going to matter on Sunday night or anything like that. It's pretty quick, pretty simple. If you want to shut up Cincinnati, you get the win against Cincinnati. Otherwise, they're four and zero. And you think it, you think you think Cincinnati? You think Cincinnati's talking now? Oh. Wait till if, if they somehow win on Sunday. Oh, gosh. That's the miser- worst part of it. be a miserable offseason yeah. if that's the case. Uh, anyway, l- l- let's get right into it. Uh, as I mentioned, the line movement has been nuts this week. Everybody wants to talk about the line movement for this football game. So let's break it down. Like, Why is the line moving? Why is it moved? Did you get a good number? Did you get a bad number? All of that. Let- let's take a look where-, where we're at right now. Over at FanDuel. So the Chiefs currently one-point favorites against Cincinnati. The total for the game, 47 and a half. Everybody's focused in on the, the movement for the spread, but there's a lot of movement when it comes to the total for this football game as well. So the Chiefs, depending on the book you looked at, 
on Sunday opened up as a three-point favorite, at least over at DraftKings. At BetMGM, the Chiefs opened up as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. At FanDuel, I think they opened up as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. That was right as that Buffalo and Cincinnati game was coming to an end. So that was the opening line. And then within 20 minutes, we saw it quickly start to shift towards Cincinnati. And that that was my expectation. Uh, some people were asking on Twitter at the time, like, what's your guess on the line? And I, I did think Kansas City would open at two-and-a-half or three, and then money would go towards Cincy. And that's what happened. It makes sense. We all watched what Cincinnati was doing to Buffalo and the unknown at the time of the injury for Patrick Mahomes. Now, am I surprised that it ever got to the point on Tuesday where by Tuesday evening, Cincinnati was a two and a half point favorite over at BetMGM. So we went from two and a half, three on Sunday to one and a half on Monday, Kansas City being dogs on Monday, two and a half point dogs on Tuesday, then back to one and a half on Wednesday, Wednesday night. Kansas City was a one-point dog, and you wake up today on Thursday, and the Chiefs are a one-point favorite, and now that's been the consensus line throughout the day, and we'll see if we see some more movement leading up to kickoff. Have you have you put anything down on I have a on couple bets. Side? Okay. I have a couple okay. bets because here's what I think is interesting. On Sunday, you could have got Cincinnati at plus three, and if you waited till yesterday or Tuesday in particular, you could have got Kansas City plus two plus two and a half. Theoretically, there's like a middle opportunity. So you could theoretically have a ticket for Cincinnati to stay within three points and lose or win, right? You could still win that, but stay within three. They don't have to win. And you could also be holding a ticket for the Chiefs plus two and a half. So if it's a three point win for Kansas City, you would push on your Cincy bet and you would win your Kansas City bet. On the flip side, if Cincinnati wins by one or two points, then you would win on the Cincy bet and you would win uh, potentially on the Kansas City bet. So that, that was an opportunity that some people had as well. I, I was waiting on Cincinnati at one point. If, if we would have seen Kansas City become a three-point dog, we never got there, and we're not going to get there, uh, then that would have been a bet you would to me you would have had to have hammered at that point. Kansas City, three-point dogs at home? Now, again, that number's long gone. The two-and-a-half is long gone. It's not getting back to two-and-a-half. The only way we see it get back to where the Chiefs are two-and-a-half-point dogs is if we get some terrible injury updates on the ankle. But that's, that's why we've seen the line movement. 85 to 90% of the line movement this week is for one reason and one reason only. The health of Patrick Mahomes. Think about it. Go back to Sunday. We didn't know this extent of it. There was speculation about a high ankle sprain, but it wasn't confirmed by the team. Monday, it gets confirmed by the team, so we see even more drastic line movement. Then as this week has gone on, if you've been listening to 610 throughout the week, you know Andy Reid's press conference has been airing during our show middays right here on 610. And the news first came out that he was going to give it a full go at practice. That way he was going to try. And the report comes out, of course, that he's a full participant. And you fast forward to today, more good news. Uh, there's, you know, everybody sees the videos of him, even if it's silly, right? Walking around, stretching, whatever, high knees at practice. Basically, that's all we saw on video. And now he's a participant fully for a second practice. So naturally, the Chiefs are back to being favorites. So I, I, I get the line movement, but I will say I, it's nuts how quickly it's moved in in, in this short period of time. Both Have you ever seen the line move like this for an injured I, player before? So the only one that comes to mind, somebody asked me about this earlier today, like, the the only time I've seen it is earlier this season on a smaller scale, but it was because a guy was going to be ruled out. So remember when we, we started to see the Cowboys and, and Eagles game, uh, the, the week, what was that, week 15 or whatever? And 
all of a sudden, around 2.30 in the afternoon, we started to see a huge shift in the MVP market and a huge shift in the line with the Lions and Cowboys. And all of a sudden, there was a three-and-a-half or four-point swing. And you only see those kind of swings with injuries and with quarterback injuries. So everybody's like, well, Jalen Hurts has to be hurt. Sure enough, two hours later, it comes out that he's got, uh, I think that what was the fit. Not, it was strange shoulder, or se- not separate, but like strange shoulder or something like that. And so that was the only time, Julio, that I can remember. And that made sense, right? If you remember, Jalen Hurts was ruled out that Sunday. So the Cowboys went from being maybe a one-point or two-point dog or, or, or a one-point favorite, whatever it was. Uh, they certainly weren't favored. So, yeah, that had been a one-point dog. So all of a sudden, the Cowboys were four or five-point favorite. That's the only other time I can remember. But that was because there was rumors, and it was true, that the quarterback was out for the game. But to see it uh, move the way this has without anybody ever being ruled out is pretty wild. Only quarterbacks can swing the lines like this. And everything continues to point to not only Mahomes playing, but maybe everybody overreacted a little bit to how limited he's going to actually be. We'll all find out together on Sunday, ultimately. But I don't think we'll see a ton more line movement. You might see uh, if more and more positive news comes out. You know, Heck, if you get some of the national guys like Jake Glazer and others on Saturday reporting that they're hearing that they, oh, they, they think he might be blank percent of himself and all that. And all of a sudden you might see some more money coming on, come in on Kansas city. But yeah, it's, it's been really f- kind of fun to watch to see the direction of the line movement. 27 though, percent of the bets only only 27% of the bets, 21% of the money over at uh, BetMGM are on Kansas city. So all the public money, which is why we saw the line shift. All the public money has been on Cincinnati. And look, I, I think we have to realize we, it makes sense. Not only are you dealing with a quarterback that's hurt, but Cincinnati is 3-0 against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Now, the margin has only been three points in each of those games. And Kansas City had a lead in each one, a double-digit lead in two of them. So that's why I still feel confident. We'll get our official Goldilocks picks at the end of the show. I feel confident betting on Kansas City, certainly if you got them at plus money, and even at minus one, because let's be real, minus one, Julio, is basically a pickup. You're basically betting the money line. Because I saw this number come out today. I want to say it was from Bet Labs. 84 of the last 87 games in the NFL, give or take a game or two, I don't have the exact, it's like 84 out of 87, I'm like 90% sure, have been decided by more than one point. So by taking Kansas City minus one or Cincy plus one, yeah, obviously if it ends up being a one-point win, yeah, I, you know, or, or whatever, then, then yes, it, it'll get you a push. However, 84 out of 87 NFL games, end up being by more than a point. The, the, you know, we, we've seen the three-point margin. That's one thing. Two points, three points. But a one-point game, highly unlikely. So you're basically betting uh, a, a pick em. And I was talking about this earlier this week on, on 610. Home field advantage in the past, we used to look at and say, oh, man, home team gets three points, right? That was for decades. That was how we were all trained. And it was true. Like home field advantage, if you're a four-point favorite, that means you're really a one-point favorite because Vegas is already factoring in three points. We have seen that dwindle over the last decade, frankly, but really the last four or five years, to where the odds makers have looked at it and, and they've looked at margin of average margin of victory and what they factor into home field. It's down to like one and a half or one point seven points in the last year. So when you see a team that's a one and a half point favorite, that is like almost exactly a pick'em. So it's not the same as what we used to always say, which is, oh, the, the Chiefs are they're man, they must be under they're they're at home, they're getting three points, but they're still only a one-point favor. That means Cincinnati must be favored by four, or excuse me, by, by three, or whatever it may be, right, or two. Like, that's not how home field advantage works anymore from a betting angle. 
I mean, I can't wait for this game. This is going to be amazing. I've got some prop bets I want to get to in a second as well. As far as the total, same type of line movement. Makes sense, right? Uh, it opened at 48.5 points Monday night, 47.5. Tuesday, 46.5. Wednesday, 47.5. And, and then now, depending on what book you're looking at, 48 or 47.5. So that number's also gone back up. We've seen things calm down. There's more optimism around the health of Patrick Mahomes. That is all kind of contributed to why things are at. I do want to mention, uh, coming up on the other side, a couple prop bets I like, a teaser that I, I feel everybody is on. So a teaser bet, we'll explain what that is for, for people maybe new to teasers. I've had some people on our Discord channel uh, asking, like, hey, how do you select the teasers on the, the, the different apps? We'll talk about that. And we'll also go back to the futures. We're just getting started here of another playoff edition of That Betting Show on 610 Sports Radio. That Betting Show with Alex Gold. Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. What's up? Fresh is our turn, baby. All right, just getting started here on That Betting Show. Reminder, coming up in about 15 minutes, we'll head out to the 610 Hotline. Welcome in Nick Galeta, NFL analyst for scoresinodds.com, as well as Roto Grinders. We'll get his thoughts on this entire divisional, excuse me, uh, championship round weekend. Sorry. Hopefully you had a good divisional round weekend. If you followed us with the Goldilocks last week, we went 3-1 and one against the spread. Thought for a little bit. Thought the Cowboys would have helped us out for a little bit, but obviously, boy, well, that did not happen at the end of that game. Yikes. I think six different staff members of the Cowboys uh, not having their contracts renewed, although Mike McCarthy is going to remain as the head coach. Also, Robert, uh, not Robert Quinn, Dan Quinn, going to stay as the defensive coordinator, turning down reportedly uh, perhaps opportunities to be head coach this next uh, season. Instead, he's going to go back to Dallas. But 3-1 against the spread uh, for our NFL picks last week. That doesn't include same-game parlay where we, we didn't bring it home. Jarek McKinnon didn't have as big of a game as we were hoping for, and I think, and we'll talk about this in a second, a lot of that is got to leave him in the block a little bit more right now, uh, and maybe uh, even more so this weekend. So we'll get to that momentarily. Also, we'll go back to the futures. Uh, but real quick, there is a, a, a bet that I love, but I'll be honest, like, everybody's on this thing, Julio, to the point where it makes me nervous now. And yes, that's kind of how I act usually with, with a lot of bets. If I start getting a sense that everybody and their dog is on it, then I get a little a little concerned. So the one that I really loved, I bet this on, let's see, I took a screenshot, uh, Tuesday. Tuesday at 3.06 p.m., all right? I tweeted this out on Tuesday, too. Uh, a two-team teaser, and this was before we saw the line shift, remember, back towards Kansas. This was when Kansas City was a two-point dog and when the Niners were two-and-a-half-point dogs. So I did a teaser, and for those that don't know a teaser, basically it, you can create a, you parlay two bets, uh, in this case, for a two-team teaser, you can do more than two teams, but a two-team teaser, and you basically are buying points. Typically, you buy six points. You can buy up to seven points or whatever, but you, you have to pay more juice, right? Um, so, for example, so I, I, I did this one. I really like it, but I think everybody does. That's the problem. Kansas City, you buy the six points. So you go KC plus two to plus eight. All of a sudden, they're an eight-point dog, right? So you got some cushion. Love that. Then you buy the six points for the Niners, so that moves them two and a half up to eight and a half. And all of a sudden, I've got a two-team teaser at minus 120. Man. And you got the, it's the Chiefs plus eight and the Niners plus eight and a half. And that's how, that's how you do a teaser. And for the people who are asking, like, how, where, where do you do it? Most of the apps have it. Like, on Caesars, you can go and just click teaser and then drag the little scroll bar and move it. On FanDuel, you can go and look, find alternative lines, right, alternative spreads. Like, you can bet Kansas City minus nine and a half if you wanted to and get, you know, plus 300 or whatever. Right, you can do that kind of stuff on most of the apps. Whatever app you use should be able to do a teaser. 
that one is going to be very popular this weekend, especially if you got it at plus two, where all of a sudden you're like, hey, they, the Chiefs, first of all, I think are going to win this game, but also you get Kansas City plus eight. Like, do you think they're getting blown out at Arrowhead? Like, all three of these games have been decided by three points. So you may you may not be confident and think the Chiefs are winning, but do you really think they're losing by eight points? So anyway, that's the idea behind teasers, but they get wrecked all the time too. But every, so everybody really likes that teaser. You're, you're nervous for that teaser that you put out there to the general public and made popular. Well, I didn't, I didn't make it popular. You, let, I, I did not make it popular. Let's call it what it is. It was your fault. I didn't make you it. You did this to yourself, <laughs> Alex. I did not make it popular. That's what happened. Other people, uh, I had a few other people respond to me in, in tweets that are in the quote-unquote betting community, if you will, across the country, and they're like, yeah, I love it too, but I think everybody's on it. And I, that's the thing. I, I, uh, I think everybody is on that, which, yeah, just typically makes me a little nervous when, when everybody's behind that. But that is a teaser I like. I mean, I bet it, so I, I, I definitely like it, and I, I don't – think it's impossible to hit by any means. It's just makes you a little nervous once everybody starts to get behind. Let me know what you guys are on. 913-586-7610. Maybe you got a teaser for this weekend. Maybe you got your favorite bet. I'll shout some of those out uh, on Twitter at Alex Gold or on the text line, 913-586-7610. Just curious where you're at. I see someone from the 816 that says, hey, the Cowboys ruined all my parlays. That's what you get for betting on the Cowboys. Yeah. I, look, I, That was your first mistake. I didn't do a parlay with our picks. That's the one thing I want to make clear. When we do the Goldilocks, you can parlay them if you want, but those are meant to be bet separately. Nobody's saying that all four are going to, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I, I would bet them separately. If you want to parlay them as well, do that, but I would also bet them separately because, for example, we went three and one against the spread. If you if you just bet the parlay, you're very disappointed. You missed the parlay. If you if you bet separately as well, you went three and one. You got a winning weekend. That's what it's about. Winning, stacking winning weekends together, that's all you need to do. Uh, so anyway, uh, let me get to a couple props, though. What's fun now that we're in title game week, we don't have to wait till Friday for some of these props to come out. Sometimes we would do these shows on Thursday nights. This is our 19th show we've done for that betting show. We only got a couple weeks left. Hopefully we're doing this show next Thursday, uh, talking about heading into the Super Bowl. And hopefully two Thursdays from now, I'm doing this show from Arizona, from Phoenix, and we're live in Phoenix. That's the hope, right? That's the plan if the Chiefs win on Sunday. But anyway... Uh, we don't have to wait for the rushing props and receiving yardage props to come out. They're already out there. So there's a couple I want to take a look at. There's one that I am willing to bet the under on. And if it, and if, if you're uh, willing to go unders, I know most people love to bet overs because right, it's not fun to hope that somebody doesn't have a big statistical day. I actually am flipping away from what we did last week on, on one player. So last week I really liked Jarek McKinnon uh, on yardage for receiving. And I really liked him potentially to get in the end zone. But I think when Chad Henney came in and also when Mahomes' ankle got hurt, we saw, uh, you know, he was left in to protect a little bit more. And so that scares me a little bit with his production perhaps this weekend. So last week he had 25 yards rushing and he had no catches against Jacksonville. None. The last two weeks, Jarek McKinnon, two catches combined, no yards. Last two weeks, Jarek McKinnon, 20, excuse me, 31 yards rushing. So that scares me a little bit, which is why I actually like the under Jarek McKinnon receiving yards, guys. Under 29 and a half receiving yards. Like the screen game might be in play. Like the screen game, screen game might be in play here. If you try to catch an aggressive Cincinnati team, we'll see if that's an option with the, the bum ankle for Patrick Mahomes, who again uh, continues to look like the ankle's in better shape than we all thought already, which is he's just different, right? We all know this in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is just a little, little different, a little different than everybody else. Uh, in a good way. But looking at McKinnon, I like the under receiving. He hasn't gone over 29 and a half yards receiving uh, since week, let's see, since January 1st, so week 17. It's not, we're not going back way, way far, but I'm just worried that he's going to be asked to be left in to pass protect. 
the way he gets the over on that is if it's a screenplay, right? And he can, we know if he gets open space, gets one block, that, that screenplay can go for 30. And that's how you get over. But I, I'm going to go under 29 and a half receiving yards this week for Jarek McKinnon. I'm just a little concerned that he's not going to have as many opportunities because of the need to make sure you're, you're protecting uh, Patrick Mahomes a little bit more, especially if Orlando Brown or Wiley needs some extra help. Uh, and outside of two plays, Orlando Brown Jr. actually, in the first match between these two teams, did a decent job. But there were two crucial plays, including a third and goal where Mahomes had to throw the ball away because Hubbard uh, of the Bengals was able to get the best of uh, of Orlando Brown Jr. in that circumstance. The other one is a no-brainer. I mean, there's we're not we're not inventing something here. We're going right back to Travis Kelsey. Last week we talked about this playoff. Travis Kelsey is a different beast. Travis Kelsey hadn't received a touchdown in six games. He had six in a row prior to last week. What does he do? Playoff Kelsey, 14 catches, most catches by a tight end in postseason history for a single game. Two scores. You cashed your anytime touchdown. Uh, we talked about the first touchdown for Kelsey, 6-1. to one. You cashed that, and you blew past his over. Take a look at where things are at for this game. Basically, even money, uh, depending on what book you're looking at, for an anytime touchdown. Just gets you in the end zone. He had 14 of 17 targets last week, 98 yards in, in the two scores. I think you can go ahead and feel confident that Travis Kelsey is getting a touchdown in this game. I think it's just one line. You have to bet in the postseason. He is that dominant. He's already ridiculous in the regular season, but he somehow finds a whole other level even in the playoffs, which is saying a lot for a guy that's obviously going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he could he could have retired two years ago or a year ago, and he'd be in the Hall of Fame. But now it's just about how many records can the guy break, and can he stack up another ring uh, before his career is over. So I like Kelsey uh, anytime touchdown. His receiving yard prop, I mean, this is why betting uh, can be difficult, right? Because we would all look at the receiving yards of 77 and a half and say, uh, duh, he's going, he's going over. Weird things happen. I still would take the over. I think I like, I, I still think you take the over 77 and a half for, for Travis Kelsey. Cause if you're Sensi, every team says, we're going to, we're going to focus in on Kelsey. We're going to, we're going to shut that guy down. Well, yeah, the chiefs are saying the same thing about Jamar chase, but some of those guys are just different that they get theirs anyway. And I think Travis Kelsey will. Uh, maybe you want to maybe you want to fade and, and and go a different direction. There's some low totals for some other guys out there we can get to later. I, like Juju's at 46 and a half. That's it. But you take a look. Juju Smith-Schuster last four games hasn't got anywhere near that number. Does things change this go around? So that's all kind of stuff we'll, we'll take a little more of a look at. We'll go back to the futures uh, coming up in two segments because uh, we ran out of time. I want to I want to get to our guest here coming up on the other side, Nick Galeta. NFL analyst for scoresandodds.com as well as Roto Grinders. Get his perspective on the Chiefs and Cincinnati game, but also let's go to the NFC a little bit and look into a game that I think is going to be fantastic earlier in the day. That's, of course, the Eagles and 49ers next here on That Betting Show. That Betting Show with Alex Gold. Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. All right, back here on That Betting Show. Another half hour to go before we hand things off to the K-State Coaches Show. Drum Tang and those Wildcats. Top 10, top 5 in the country. And obviously, the Big 12 conference odds getting tighter and tighter with each week in Big 12 play. Real quick, 913-586-7610. The text line, I say, hey, what are you guys betting this weekend as well? I've shared my thoughts from the 816. Isaiah Pacheco, over 47.5 rushing yards, a mortal lock. That from the 816. Look, I, I do think having a running game this weekend against Cincinnati is going to be very, very important. And obviously, we've seen Isaiah Pacheco have success 
uh, more so than than probably even the most optimistic Chiefs fan would have thought in his rookie season last week. Twelve ca- or twelve carries, excuse me, ninety five yards for Pacheco the week before, sixty four yards uh, rushing. So he's got over that total and that number the last two weeks. Someone else from the eight one six says same game parlay. I DraftKings going Chiefs money line. Pacheco also over forty four alternate spread there looks like alternate line 44 and a half yards rushing so everybody liking isaiah pacheco uh for this weekend as well but let's go out to the 610 hotline get a national perspective on both of the championship games and we go out and welcome in nick galeta nfl analyst for scores and odds.com as well as roto grinders nick good to have you back on the show man we've made it to title game weekend in the nfl i do want to start on the nfc side though we've been talking chiefs and Bengals, obviously but uh, looking at that philadelphia In San Francisco game, last check, the Niners, two-and-a-half-point dogs, the total 46-and-a-half. What's your kind of feel? We can start broad here with this game, uh, taking a look at these two teams. Uh, Great to be back. Appreciate you you having me again. I am super excited for this weekend. I think, like you said, starting the NFC, San Francisco and Philadelphia, I think undeniably the two best teams in the conference. Big thing for me is, like, how is Brock Purdy going to play? We've seen him now. He's played. Eight games since he took up for Jimmy Garoppolo has been fantastic. Five of those wins by double digits. But this is definitely going to be the most hostile environment that he's, that he's played in. I don't think you can find a more hostile environment outside of maybe Arrowhead in the month of January. And he's going to have to go in there. And he's going to have to play a really, really good Philadelphia defense that's starting to get healthy. they got Avante Maddox. They're, they're starting slot corner. Looks like he's, he's going to be back in the lineup for the first time in a few weeks uh, this weekend. Big thing that I'm, I'm looking for with Purdy is, He's been absolutely sensational from a clean pocket when the 49ers have been able to, to give him some time to throw. But when he's been under duress, it's been a, a, a totally different story. Last week they played Dallas, obviously came away with the win. But if you look at the splits in that game, he was pressured on 48.5% of his dropbacks per pro football focus. Four for 12 on pass attempts when he was under duress. Completely different story from clean pocket, 15 to 17, 159 yards. So I think protection is going to be a huge area to watch in that game. San Francisco is going to have to give him time to throw. Purdy keeps having, but he has a real bad tendency to, to escape out of the pocket to, to his left a little bit too early. He's going to have to stay in there. He's going to have to make some tough throws. I think he's gotten away with a few very questionable decisions with the football against Seattle and then, and then last week against Dallas. But pressure is going to be a big deal. Dallas, number one in the league in pressure rate this season. Philadelphia is number two. So it's going to be a tough test for him. On Philly's side, I'm really interested to see what we're going to see from Jalen Hurts. He came back in week 18 of the regular season and openly admitted that he wasn't 100% healthy. And they played a, a Giants team that sat the vast majority of their starters. So they didn't need a whole lot from Jalen Hurts in that game. But if you look at what happened, he threw a ton of passes near the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage. They didn't really push the envelope. Last week, they got out to a pretty sizable lead against the Giants early in the game. Again, same thing. They didn't need a whole lot from Jalen Hurts going to be a different story against the 49ers much 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 better defense than than the Giants San Francisco led the NFL in pretty much every meaningful defensive metric the second half of the season uh if Jalen Hurts is not able to push the envelope down the field if he's not able to to attack some of those deep routes I think San Francisco is going to be able to key in on that and they're going to be able to make life really really difficult it's going to it's going to be very very interesting to watch because we we haven't seen we haven't seen Philadelphia healthy now in about five weeks. It's, it's a little bit of a wild card, which is unusual this time of the year. 
So the Brock Purdy part is interesting because, I, I mean, last week on the show even, I said, you know, like, I, at some point I do think he's going to turn back into a pumpkin, but here we are. It's championship weekend. It hasn't happened yet. Now, I, I agree with you. He's gotten away with some throws, and is this a Philadelphia team that can take advantage of that, which is why I wonder, do we do we see both these teams, though, uh, rely on the run a little bit? That's why I think the, the total and looking at the unders in play, depending on where you got it at, last check at, at FanDuel at least, it's 46 and a half, but both these teams – you know, our top top 10, top seven, I believe it is, in terms of rushing play percentage. Uh, so, I, you know, when you're looking at the offensive snaps, I mean, if both these teams are actually willing to commit to the run game like they have in the regular season, I mean, I think that lends itself towards the under 46 and a half. What's your thought on, on the total for the game? I definitely lean towards the under. I, I would like to see the final injury report, just see what's being talked about a couple of days leading up to the game, getting a final look at the weather. But, yeah, everything about this, screams under to me again like I think hurts I just don't know if his shoulder is healthy enough to push the ball down the field so I think you're going to see a lot of underneath stuff I don't think Philly's going to be able to move the ball nearly as well on the ground this weekend as they did last week against the Giants and I think from the 49ers perspective the, the one loss this year that Philadelphia has when Jalen Hurts has been healthy and been on the field was that week week 10 against Washington on Monday Night Football and what Washington did was they ran the ball 49 times they didn't have a crazy efficient game on the ground. They barely averaged three yards a carry, but they just ran the ball as much as they could. They ate up as much time as they could. They kept Hurts in that dynamic offense off the field, which kept their own defense pretty fresh. So, so when their defense was on the field, they were able to play pretty well. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Philadelphia is a fantastic defense, but if there's one area where they've really struggled this year, it is it is against the run. They're, they're 23rd in rush EPA for the season. They've struggled even down the stretch, even more so down the, down the stretch against the run. So, I think they went. San Francisco went out and got Christian McCaffrey for a reason. They have Elijah Mitchell, another very capable backup there. They're going to try to run the football. Brock Purdy, like you said, like you're, you're thinking he's going to turn back into a pumpkin one of these weeks. San Francisco absolutely does not want it to be this week, right? They're not going to ask Brock Purdy <laughs> right. to go out there and win the game if they don't have to. I expect them to lean very, very heavy on the run game, whether that's Debo, Elijah Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey, a lot of stuff near the line of scrimmage. I just, I, I don't see a lot of quick scores. I don't see a lot of stuff down the field. I think if you if you bet the under and, and you end up losing, I think you're, you're going to lose because of a special team score, like a, a kickoff return for a touchdown or a pick six or something like that, that, that leads to a really unexpected quick six points on the board. Do you have a prop bet you like for that game? I think, you know, understandably so, that you turn your attention to a guy like A.J. Brown, who last week only had the three catches for 22 yards. There really wasn't the need to, to force it, get, considering how that game script was going. I mean, this is a guy that had nearly 1,500 yards in the regular season, and I see his total sitting at what a 70 or so and a half receiving yards over at FanDuel. It feels like he's not going two straight games with below 30 yards. I mean, in this case, you need him to get above 70. Yeah, I, I don't hate it, right? Like you show up this time of the year, you win and lose with your best players. And A.J. Brown is, is certainly one of their best players. He lines up out wide almost exclusively. They, they throw him in a slot a decent amount, but like two, about two thirds of his snaps this year have come out wide. And you look at where Sam, if there's, like we talked about Philly's defense a minute ago, right? Like if there's one area where they're a little bit shaky, a little bit vulnerable, it's on the ground, especially especially up the middle. And I think if you're going to target someone on that San Francisco defense, it's going to be Lenore, who, who, who works almost exclusively out wide. So I think he's going to see a, a decent number of snaps against Brown. I, I don't think they're going to have Traverius Ward on him a ton. I, I think he's going to get a lot more of Devonta Smith this weekend. So I think it's a good spot for Brown. I, I think, I mean, what, in any sport, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, I'm a big fan of taking the discount when a guy has a bad week or a bad game or two in a row and then 
and then coming back. So, so whether it's his receptions or his receiving yards, I, I think it's a, a decent spot for him. But, but I, I like Jalen Hurts too. I, I think I think Jalen Hurts, if, if you're looking at his completions, uh, like I think there's going to be just a ton of a ton of completions near the line of scrimmage. I think they're going to try to get that ball out quick. They're, they're not going to put Jalen Hurts in a position where where he's thrown into a lot of tight coverage and things like that. So. I think I, whatever tandem you want to play there, if you just want to go with, with the receiver or if you want to invest in Hurts some way or another, I think the narrative all week is going to be they're going to try to protect Hurts. They're going to try not to throw the ball down the field. They're going to try to win the game in another way. I think Jalen Hurts is going to come out and make a statement. He made, he made a comment to a beat reporter this week. He said, I'm not 100%, but no one is this time of the year. right? You, just, you have to make your way through it. No one's going to feel bad for us if I go out there and, and lose the game for us because I had a little bit of a shoulder thing going on. We're talking to Nick Galeta, NFL analyst for scoresandodds.com, as well as Roto Grinders, the Commish uh, film on Twitter, Commish film room on Twitter, if you want to give him a follow as well. Let's go to the AFC. Of course, our focus here in Kansas City. We started the show talking about the Chiefs, who now are once again favorites, man. Uh, they are one point favorites, the total 47 and a half. It has been some crazy line movement ever since Sunday the line came out. We know the Chiefs got as high as two and a half point dogs in some spot. They opened at three point favorites in some spots as well. And I just think it's been. Of course, the positive injury news on the ankle front for Mahomes that has led the Chiefs to be in a one-point favorite once again. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how Patrick Mahomes ever got moved to an underdog at Arrowhead in an AFC Championship game. I early in the year, I, I did a podcast early in the season, and I told I told the guy I was doing it with, I said, I think this is the best team that Patrick Mahomes has ever had since he's been in the league, and I'd be curious your thoughts on this as well. And I sort of got laughed at about four or five weeks into the season because Kansas City lost a couple of games. They had, they had some injuries. And then you saw what they did across the second half of the season. They had one loss, and it was to the Cincinnati Bengals on the road in week 13. And, and that was a game when, when they were not fully healthy, right? The, one, one of the most important pieces on that offensive, offensive line, in my opinion, Joe Sunni uh, at, at left guard, was not available for that game. And I think, I think it's – I think it's a bigger deal than people realize, and you just look at that final score, and you're just like, oh, man, like Joe Burrow beat Patrick Mahomes again. I think it's a different story, especially with the offensive line injuries this time around. And I know Cincinnati's offensive line was terrible last year, and, and they went into Arrowhead, and, and they came back from that 21-3 deficit and were able to get the job done. But I think it's a different story this time around. Uh, Cincinnati, they played really well last week. Give them a ton of credit. I thought the game plan was fantastic. Buffalo, though, ever since Von Miller went down with that season-ending injury, they really struggled to get pressure on opposing quarterbacks. They were 24th in the league in pressure rate after he went down around Thanksgiving. And then you look at the playing conditions last week in Buffalo, very, very sloppy footing, playing on snow. So you look at the cornerbacks, not able to be aggressive in, in press coverage. The, the defensive line and the pass rush is not able to, to get their footing and get after the quarterback. So I think that was a great matchup for Cincinnati, given the fact that they have these missing pieces on the offensive line. Joe Burrow was able to get the ball out quick against a secondary that just Hasn't played that well, right? Like some missing pieces. There's still missing Micah Hyde, who has been out since week two with a neck injury. Not talked about a lot. I think Cincinnati's secondary is, is equally as bad. Any any secondary unit that's starting Eli Apple and forcing him to play the majority of snaps, it, it's a vulnerable place to be. And then I think on the other side of it is Kansas City's secondary is much, much better than Buffalo's is. And if, if they're able to press a little bit and force Joe Burrow to hold on to the ball, I think that's going to that's gonna make – the, the, the issues on the offensive line a little bit more paramount when you're watching that game. A little interesting note, uh, week 13, Joe Burrow held onto the ball for, for 2.88 seconds was his average time to throw in that game. They've been really good about it in every other matchup 
the whole rest of the way of getting getting the ball out in two and a half seconds or less. So I think it's going to be a key for Kansas City. Can you force Joe Burrow just a, a half count or another count? Can you make him hold on to the ball and maybe get a couple of throwaways or a sack or something like that that, that stalls drives? I think it's going to be a really, really key area of the game to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where it's decided. I understand that the focus on, on the Chiefs' offensive line and how they're going to protect Mahomes, I actually think he's going to perform – uh, a lot better than maybe people would think. I think he's going to be more mobile than maybe everybody would have thought earlier on in the week with the, the positive news we continue to get out uh, here about his ankle and, and what they can do. And you know, I don't think the game plan is going to change as much as everybody would automatically assume it would with the ankle injury. But I think where it's going to be decided again is not only the Chiefs closing out a football game against Cincinnati, something they haven't been able to do, but can they sack Burrow? You, I mean, that offensive line for Cincinnati struggles against everybody but Kansas City, for whatever reason. I mean, go back in the, the three matchups. They, they got a sack in the regular season matchup, uh, but that was kind of a gimme sack. Uh, Joe Burrow gave himself up. Can Chris Jones get his first playoff sack in his career? You know, can Frank Clark continue this playoff Frank uh, movement that we see every postseason, certainly saw it in 2019? I think for them to, to win this game, Kansas City has to get on the board with a sack in this game. They cannot allow Joe Burrow, to your point about how, how quickly he gets the ball out, they cannot allow him just to carve them up in the middle of the field, which is exactly what he did uh, back in week 13. Yeah, I could not agree more. If you let Joe Burrow get comfortable, the guy, the guy's already Joe cool. You know, he, he's very stoic. You can tell he's very into meditation or whatever he needs to do to center himself before a game. And once he gets into his zone, it just feels like things come very easy to him. So yeah, I, I think got to be aggressive. Right. And then another interesting note I saw this week, Cincinnati, I mean, Kansas city, when, when they're able to get pressure on a co- opposing quarterbacks, they, they rank number one in, in the NFL this season in, in drop-back EPA, but when they are not able to get pressure on the quarterback, they're dead last. So I think especially with weapons like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, they, they, cannot, they cannot afford to have a situation, like you said back in Week 13, where they didn't even have a quarterback hit in that game. They, they, barely, they, bar- they barely hurried him. I mean, they, they forced him to hold on to the ball a little bit, but you know, Cincinnati just did such a good job protecting. It, it's going to – this is time for Andy Reid to step up, right? Like Joe, Joe Burrow came in last year, took one away from you, and this is the spot where, regardless of how healthy Mahomes is, I, I agree with you. I, Patrick Mahomes is a gamer, and his, his right arm isn't broken, right? He's got an ankle <laughs> injury. So I think he's, he's going to be fine. I, he's, he was good enough to get the win against Jacksonville. He's going to have a whole week now to, to just deal with it, right? Learn, learn where, where are his limitations, where can he escape in the pocket. It's hard to learn. You know, where is my pain point going to be on the very next play? But when you have a week to deal with that and, and to test how you're going to feel, I think he'll be pretty well equipped in this game. It's Patrick Mahomes. He's at home. He's at Arrowhead. I, I, I think it's – if you're betting against him, I, I think that's a, a pretty bold move. Lastly, Nick, then is there a prop bet you like for this game? We already we were talking earlier in the show. I'm a little worried that Jarek McKinnon might not be able to, to get you over his receiving yard total – 29 and a half just because they might have to leave him even more than normal to pass protect. What, what's the feel for you uh, in this game prop wise? Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. I was actually on McKinnon's prop last week and then same Mahomes went down. <laughs> yeah, and yep. That was only, that was only, but I lost on that game. And I, 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 you know, I exited as soon as I saw Mahomes get hurt. I was like, you know, they're, they're not going to be dumping it off to anyone. I, I think if I'm going anywhere in this game, I, I really, I, I like Patrick Mahomes the over on the passing yards. Like I know it's not, it's not going to be a popular play, and you might want to wait on it a couple more days because that, I'm looking at 280 and a half right now on points bet. It's 286 on DraftKings, so it depends where you have your your accounts open. But 
everyone's going to be expecting Kansas City to run the football. And you got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. You have Eli Apple and, and uh, Taylor Britt at, at, at cornerback for Cincinnati. They, without uh, a woozy in the secondary, they've, they've been one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. Again, last week, I think the weather benefited them a lot. The week before that, they played a backup quarterback against Baltimore. This is by far the best quarterback that, that they've had to contend with now in, in a number of weeks. If you look back at their schedule, they had Baltimore in Week 18. They had Mac Jones in Week 16. Tom Brady, you know, I still think is a, a fantastic quarterback, but you look at the pieces around him aren't great. And then before that, you got the Browns. They, they haven't faced a really talented quarterback since week 13 when, when they, they played Patrick Mahomes. So I just I think 280 yards on Patrick Mahomes, I think he's getting a little bit of a steal here. And I think if, if it does turn into a situation where Kansas City finds themselves behind for whatever reason, they're not going to go out running the football into the line. I mean, they're, they're going to throw it. They, they have elite weapons outside and, and Cincinnati is going to be vulnerable in the secondary. So I think they're, they're just going to have to go, do a good job designing quick, quick passes from Mahomes. Don't let him get under pressure. Definitely don't let him get hit. You know, if you've got a bad ankle, you definitely don't want him on the ground three or four times in the first half of the game. So I think you got to put a little bit of trust in Andy Reid and you, you have to take a little bit of a leap of faith on, on how healthy Mahomes is. But I think we saw last week, that guy's a gamer. He was visibly irate on the sidelines mm-hmm. when he out in the first half. I think this is a guy who comes ready to play. He, he understands just as much as anyone, right? This, this is a legacy game for him. Joe Burrow went to the Super Bowl last year. You let Burrow go back-to-back years, and all of a sudden, it's, you know, it's not Patrick Mahomes' league anymore. People are going to be on the Joe Burrow train. So I think, I think Mahomes understands how important this game is, not just for those reasons, but also, you know, Super Bowls on the line. There's, you don't need any extra motivation at this time of the year. So I think, short of a broken arm, I think, I think Patrick Mahomes has a great game. If you want to invest in his passing yards or, like, again, on the goal line, if you want to take uh, – you know his touchdown prop or something like that. I just I would invest in Patrick Mahomes some somehow some way this week, and again maybe wait another day or two to see what happens in the market. It might go down a little bit further, but I would be shocked if if Kansas City came out and he had like 20 pass attempts or something. I just I, I can't imagine this team going out that way in the conference championship. Nick, really appreciate the insight, man. Enjoy this weekend. You too, man. I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I got a plus 180 on the, on their future, so I'm definitely going for you guys. I like it. There you Thanks go. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Nick Galeta, NFL analyst for scoresandodds.com, as well as Roto Grinders, the Kamish Film Room on Twitter. Give him a follow there. Coming up next, though, we'll react to that a little bit and then get into the Goldilocks for Championship Weekend. That betting show with Alex Gold. Thursday, starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Just right. It's time for Goldilocks. This porridge is just right. All right, real quick here, into the show, Goldilocks, just two games, of course. I like the under in that Niners-Eagles game. I was talking about that with Nick a second ago. Under 46.5, I think both teams will try to run the ball. They both rank inside the top seven, actually, in rush play percentage. And you got Brock Purdy. Still, despite how good he's played, you're going to lean on the run game, try to make it as easy and comfortable as possible, hostile environment. I think there's a chance this game uh, stays well below the 46 and a half on the other game. I told you I love a teaser opportunity in particular uh, where you can tease Kansas City earlier in the week. You could have teased them up. Uh, You can still tease them up six points. You could actually tease them up uh, if you got the number earlier in the week to uh, as high as eight and San Francisco to eight and a half. That's kind of what I like. But if we're going straight up. I'll still take KC minus one, which is basically a money line pick at this point in time. KC minus one. We were 37, 32, and two 
against the spread on the NFL this season. Three and one last week. We'll try to keep the momentum going. Send me your picks, like I said, on Twitter at Alex Gold at 610 Sports KC. Also our Discord channel as well. Really appreciate our guest Nick Galeta giving us some insight. Thanks to Julio Sanchez producing the show. We're back at it next Thursday, no matter what. But I sure hope we're already taking a look at a Super Bowl matchup between the Chiefs and Niners. Eagles, honestly, I really don't care at this point. Just just get us to Phoenix, baby. Get us to Phoenix. We'll talk to you next week. That betting show with Alex Gold. Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.